0: Welcome to episode 18 of the Breakaway Fantasy Football Podcast. My guests this week, two men coming in hot off a week one victory. It's the Ballings duo.
1: Afternoon, gents. How we doing? Good afternoon. Happy to be here, as always. Not very often last year we got to say
2: coming in hot after a victory, so a nice novelty to start the year, start the year off. Double victory, double victory. We've got our extra extra win in the bag as well. Do you know what? I totally forgot about the, um, the bonus W I, and that, that's not just podcast content. I actually forgot there was an extra point this year or not this year in this league. That's wild. So we, we're two and O O.
0: get in. How are you doing, Spike? Yeah, mate, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good. Obviously didn't start the season quite as well as you boys, but, um, I was absolutely delighted to have the NFL back. Um, had Craig came around on Sunday, we had some steaks, some beers, and we watched some games, and it was absolutely fantastic. So even though some of the games were pretty awful, um, what did you boys do for the first weekend? It's low scoring, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah, we were, um,
2: we were in various states of hungover and travel back from the nation's capital, Cardiff. So, <laughs> yeah, we spent the weekend with Jake, which was... You know, lovely. lovely. Um, and then on Sunday, yeah, heading back east, some further, some further than
1: others, um, and then sat down on the sofa. Yeah, I had a bit of a marathon uh, marathon trip, out, but I sat down. I watched the first, I watched all of the first games on Red Zone, and then I watched, I watched the Dolphins Chargers game like in full, and sort of had Red Zone on in like on an iPad on the sofa, but I wanted to just watch the. Watched the first Vince game because I thought it, I had a feeling it was going to be a bit of a humdinger and uh, I wasn't disappointed. So, uh, yeah, it was good. Yeah, lovely, was good. To, lovely to, for the autumn evenings to be back. Can't wait to just be down in a bottle of red wine whilst watching Red Zone. Fantastic. Sunday, stouts are back.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah. But, Spike, it's uh,
0: Wednesday and you've got a stout. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, uh, <laughs> this one came all the way from France, courtesy of, uh, of Craig. Oh, ooh-la-la. La. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's pretty good, actually. It's not like one of those ones that's sort of got hints of coffee and vanilla and all that. It's like more of a kind of classic stout, but very nice. Garlic and it. onions. I'll save that for the beer pod, shall I? <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, okay, so we're going to... This is our first pod of our second season. Obviously, we had a pre-season one last year, but this is the first one where we're kind of hitting our our normal rhythm. We're going to make a few small tweaks from last year, but it will be largely the same uh, that our denizens of listeners um, tune in for. Um, We'll talk about what we noticed in in week one, uh, stuff that's fantasy relevant, but there's no way we're going to try and hit every headline. In particular, in week one, there's just so much stuff to talk about. Um, and there's loads and loads of pod and other contents out there where you can listen to every single game breakdown. Um, we don't have that in our locker. And, and to be honest, I think it'd be a bit boring. So what we are going to do, though, is we're going to ignore all those other podcasts and all those other analysts who basically say, let's not overreact to week one. Let's, you know, let's keep our powder dry. We're going to overreact to week one. And uh we're gonna go mental and every single one of our takes is gonna be a hundred percent correct. So I'm massively looking forward to uh to that. So um yeah, we're gonna talk about the things we love to see, a little bit of a little bit of a byline in our league. Um players who surprised us, check in on some rookie performances and uh cover who we're absolutely bricking it about already after week one of the season. And we'll touch in on the scores and the league news and stuff like that. But I think the main content will be. Uh, us talking about what happened in the NFL this week. So uh you boys all good with that?
1: Sounds good. Ready to go. All
0: right, let's crack on then. Let's uh let's jump into some of our headlines. So um things we love to see and uh Baker you have already touched on it by talking about the Dolphins game. Uh Tua and Tyreek. Um take us away mate. How are you
1: feeling? I mean it was well, it was ahead of a game. Ahead of a game. It, I it was I think just from the the first snap, like in two, just connected with Tyreek on that first that first within you know straight up straight out the gun, like a bullet hit his man, and I just thought yeah, he's come out firing, and then it just went from there really. And I mean the that, everybody's heard the stats, everybody knows that it was like the third highest like yards for an opening game ever, and the. Third highest like for both a receiver or like the fourth highest for a receiver in an opening game. I mean it's the second time that uh, Tua is thrown for two hundred yards to Tyreek. Second time he's thrown over four hundred yards in a game. I'd say, I said so when I came on the pod last year, I said that I thought Tua was legit every time I came on before he obviously before everything happened with all the uh, compressions and, and you know he was really unfortunate last season. There was obviously talk of him not coming back and retiring and, and people were concerned about his safety. But, you know, he hasn't come back looking like a like built like a brick shit ice, but he has obviously piled on a bit more girth. He's done, you know, obviously all this jiu-jitsu training and learning how to fall. He's got a new helmet. We've got a new – we've got a slightly improved defensive line. I mean, he, he – we managed to stop him getting sacked nobody really got near him on the uh, on sunday very little pressure at all and uh if you don't pressure him he is as accurate as they come and if you're gonna if you if you want a wide receiver to hit you you can't do better than tyreek i don't think he's he is literally uncoverable he just the his is speed is just you know he's gone before like that, and as soon as as soon as he's got any of the defenders on their heels, that's it. And as long as you've got an accurate quarterback, he's gonna he's gonna hit you. But yeah, so it's over two hundred yards for for Tyreek. But two of, that means that there was another still over two hundred yards to other receivers. Spread he spread the love. It wasn't just Waddle. I think Waddle was still kind of bringing an injury sort of bringing an injury into the game anyway. So he, even though he was the second highest target, he wasn't that involved. And he, he spread it around like the rest of our kind of also ran wide receivers and made them even look good and um and our tight end. So yeah, I mean I'm excited. I'm excited for the season. And on a personal, on a on a purely kind of selfish note, I'm you know happy that Rogers has gone down. It makes the division easier. Um I I think the Jets, you know, that's gonna seriously affect their their kind of like playoff credentials. So it, it certainly helps helps the dolphins, and yeah it's just an, it's exciting I kind of wait for every week and you know fantasy wise you know Tua is a is a legitimate QB1 I think yeah definitely
0: yeah it's, it, it was interesting obviously last season when they played the Chargers, the Brandon Staley defense really throttled Tua I think only threw for about 145 yards um and there was a lot of talk about how the offense was going to be different to counter that. It wasn't any different. They just went bombs away like they normally do. It was uh it, it was so much fun to watch uh that. And Tyreek's always fun to watch. Not not particularly fun to root for because he's a bit of a turd, but um, <laughs> you know, to to watch him play, he's like, oh man, this guy is like another level. Um, I sort of somewhat jokingly said last week that. I see kind of Lamar and Tua as being on the same level in that sort of second tier of AFC QBs. I might have undersold Tua and oversold Lamar. So, um, you know, he he looks great. It uh, must have been really excited as a Dolphins fan to watch that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was excited at the start of last season, and I thought we, you know, we were really on a roll. And he was obviously performing really well last season as well. So, I was, I was. Buzz in for what was gonna happen, and then obviously what happened happened, and it all the, the wheels fell off. But if he can stay healthy, and, and you know, as long as as long as he doesn't hit his head on the ground, uh I, I think we I think we're in with a shot of, of going quite deep into the playoffs. I can't, you know, we've we've definitely got the ability to just go toe to toe with anybody offensively, it's whether or not we can get our defense sorted. Um I mean, you know, that was questionable, but uh, but yeah, we didn't, we couldn't protect the run. It was like, you know, Kelly and Eckford just basically, every time they were given the ball, just like carving us open. So like there's, there's, there's things on the other side of the, other side of the ball that we need to kind of address. But I think if we can, um, and we can, we evidently can because, you know, we won the game with an incredible defensive play. So you know, we have got the personnel to do it. We just need to do it consistently throughout the whole match and yeah, it's exciting. I'm looking forward to it. I think I think it's worth noting
0: that the Chargers is a really good offense. You know, you're not you're not gonna play a team with Justin Herbert at QB and Callan Moore calling the shots every week. Yeah. No. They they will put up points on pretty much everyone, I think. So I wouldn't
1: I wouldn't be too concerned about it.
0: Sticking with that that sort of Homer theme, um it is slightly harder to kind of pick out the things that we absolutely love to see from the from the Bucks performance but our boy Mike Evans hey, anytime hey. or should it be Mike Evans every time uh, <laughs> again uh, rulings kind of over to you i mean it was a it was a good solid performance and and mike was there doing doing what he does
2: every time They needed a clutch play. They they seem to come up with a clutch play in that game when it was stalling. You know, third downs. I think he's converted before. You know, fourth down or two. But yeah, Mike Evans in the end zone again, every time. I think that's. I think that rebranding should stick. Actually, it is Mike Evans every time. I think the Bucks need to reopen the contract talks now. Like, do that now, front of bloody hell. Like they put this deadline in of the Saturday before. You know. And no extension agreed. Um, he's fast becoming, you know, one of the top five franchise players of all time. I think I, I know that's, you know, a fair statement, but I think he's legendary there now in the building. Um, and he's just a really likeable receiver as well to root for, even if he's not, not you know, even if you're not a buck, I think um, wins us all a lot of money or has done in the past. Um, and he comes up with big plays. He dropped one in the second half. I don't know if you saw that Baker actually hit him and he, he, should, he should have had a second um, as well in the game. But I think um, it'll be really interesting to see how the Bucks in general unfold as the year goes on. The division's wide open. Um, there'll be some nip and tuck games with some really bad teams. So if they can hang in there. um you Know, I think it, it could be a, another disgusting run to the playoffs at eight and nine or whatever they were last year. But I think, in terms of Mike Evans, yeah, I want to see that contract talks reopen. I, I'm not sure that's going to be the case now, but you know, pulling on the heartstrings there, that's, a, that's what I'd like to see. Um, I think, in terms of just staying in the game quickly, I know we're not breaking down all the games, but um, you'll make Kirk there. Um, Three hundred forty-four yards, dude. freed four, a uh, couple of fumbles and uh, uh, interception as well, but we won't mention that. But but yeah, we we picked him up and started him, and, and I'm glad we did because our alternative was Ryan Tannehill. Tannehill, um, or can he pick it off the taxi taxi squad? But I think we'll touch more on the Steelers later. So yeah, Kirk Kirk and the boys is um, is going to get it done this year.
0: Yeah, um, it's it, as with Kirk. Always, is empty, empty fantasy yards, isn't it? You know, from a fantasy perspective, it's good. He lost the game, which I'm delighted about.
1: Yeah, so, I don't right. mean, I don't care. I'm happy
0: in that, any in, measure. Yeah, yeah. From from a fantasy perspective, what you want him to do is feed the ball to Justin Jefferson, which is exactly what he did. It's like Jefferson, hundred and fifty odd yards. He's just just insane. But going back on Mike Evans, I agree with you. He's got to be one of the Bucks' best all time. He'd be he'd be the best all time in many many clubs. Like he's had what nine consecutive seasons of a thousand yards.
2: Yeah, I mean, now to have the, had to add an, an extra game last year top top to help 10s. to help him get there. But yeah, yeah, no, he's a, he's absolutely legendary. But I think like going a, a little bit off off sort of tangent, but yeah, Kirk feeding Jefferson, yeah, why not, right? Um, when he got the best receiver in the league, and I. I just I, when I was watching the 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 Bills game as well, it's like, why weren't they going to digs more often? Like bloody hell! And when it, that last drive is well, not the last drive, but it, in the fourth quarter where they, they needed it and they kept going, every look was to digs, and he kept going to them, and they were you know they were getting the yardage they needed. I was like, why don't you just do that early in the game, Josh Allen? I never understand
0: why <inaudible> like, quarterbacks and coaches get away from their best players. It was the same in the Green Bay game. Aaron Jones was absolutely insane for about a quarter. Then they forgot about him for two quarters, and then they went back to him, and he was insane again. And you're like, just, yeah, exactly. just keep giving him the ball, keep featuring him on, on key plays. Like, that's what the Chiefs do with Kelsey. Oh, it's, th- it's third and eight, throw the ball to Travis Kelsey. Done.
1: Well, quite. And you saw you know, what happened when he wasn't playing. So, yeah. yeah, without your alphas, I mean, it was, obviously, I think, you know, chase and the bengals they had a difficult weekend but weather maybe obviously played up played up had a fat you know a role to play in that that performance but yeah the the alpha the alpha wide receivers were being fed and the ones that the ones that the quarterbacks just kept throwing the balls to they they all performed and that's you know that's just the lesson really yeah long may it continue for kirk and the boys Long may I
2: continue. Um Spike, is this whole this whole theme you've given us all uh, a
0: homer to talk about, haven't you? So no, you're gonna take Ayuk. Ah, talking of alpha receivers. Quite. Um, is the 30-point fantasy match the best of his career? Um and not just fantasy perspective, but that was the best game of his career. Uh he was absolutely brilliant. Eight, eight, um, eight passes, eight receptions, and also like on top of the two touchdowns. The blocks that he was throwing downfield for CMC were like Anquan Bolden-esque. It was uh, was just great to see.
1: He clearly is loving his football. One of those blocks for for CMC's touchdown was like, he was like a dump truck. He came out of nowhere and absolutely flattened whoever it was. It was like whoever it was. Like that was incredible to see and he's not he's not built like
0: Debo i mean he's not a slight guy but he, he he's not like an absolute unit like Debo is so you kind of don't necessarily associate that with him but he's obviously really really physical there was a load of coverage pre-season from training camp there was like this is Brandon I each year and, and you know you never quite know what to believe from training camp because the, the beat reporters always talk up players and but bloody hell, what what a performance it was and you know, the Niners just absolutely demolished the Steelers, who were such a trendy team from pre-season. Kenny Pickett could not get anything together. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll come to the Steelers later, but uh, if Alan Robinson's your leading receiver in 2023, you are in deep shit. So Yeah, the Niners were
2: like pretty... Un- they're
0: like a juggernaut.
2: I mean, just ran right through him, I think. And I, with Ike you get that sense, like, his star's been rising for... You know towards the, the well no probably three quarters of last year you you know his arrow is pointed up debo is a little bit pointed down um which you know if you re-round, rewound two years ago you'd have you'd have had it the other way around so yeah it just goes to show what a good player he is um and you know I might have to get a hat to to eat on Brock Purdy but um we'll see uh Truth be told, I'm not wanting him to succeed, but it, it look it, the signs are all pointing to yes, aren't they? So Yeah.
1: Get no. me back to your hat, hat later in the year, Spike, <laughs> I would say. Would you what what is what's your take on Debo, Spike? Just I'd just be just interested because he's sitting on our roster and is annoying us. But do he, you he, want to trade for him? That's what he said. Yeah, yeah do you want him? <laughs> yes, I do, because I, I
0: really believe that Debo and and I will sort of go back and forth, dependent on game scripts this this season. Um, I tends to excel in zone coverage and Debo in man, but there's a lot of statistics to back that up. Debo was really honest in the off season. He basically said he he got distracted last off season by the contract talks and turned up a bit fat and never really got into game shape until later in the season. Um, you know i i i think he's now at peace with what his role is in the team which is sort of the number 2 receiver but also this this weapon that can be used out of the backfield um and that's how he has value to the team and he's a superstar on that basis um i just i, I think the danger is going to be you may not know whose week it's necessarily going to be so it could be one week i gets 30 and the next week Diva gets 25 and i has got 8 yeah, it could be a little bit like that because um, Shanahan's so creative and and you know he'll find ways to get Purdy to get
1: the ball to these guys. So, um, but I love both of them. Yeah, there's just a lot of mouths to feed in San Francisco, isn't there? So that's 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 the issue. Tittles the odd man out in terms yeah. of receiving game. I mean, he's
0: a, he's a brilliant player, and they love him for the blocking and all that kind of stuff, and he is a great receiver. But his targets will continue to to be quite low. I think maybe four or five a game, as long as he's the kind of guy that they could go to if they're struggling. Like you know, a big pass over the middle. He's he's an energizer for the team. But they're gonna they're gonna get the ball to uh, to Ayuk and Debo primarily, and CMC obviously out the backfield.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah exciting I think I mean your defense looked incredible as well so the 49ers if they if if property Purdy is legit then you've got every shot of of going on a solid Super Bowl run I think with the weapons that you've got and your and your defense you know you looked obviously you weren't playing elite opposition yeah. but you know
0: they're in the NFC Baker they they don't really play elite opposition until no. the super
1: bowl
0: <laughs> yeah exactly we uh, i i could i could see that well i'm I've, i'm on record i really am invested in the niners this season i think they've got a great shot at making the super bowl and then it's sort of like who do you come up against because the afc is so much stronger An absolute murderer's row of teams in there true
1: it's thickening
0: So, um, those are all the teams we love. We had one more thing that all three of us absolutely love to see, uh, which is Brees Hall returning from injury. Yeah, baby! You've always on your roster, so you crack on and talk about your love for Brees Hall, but just know that I share your love for Brees Hall. I'm
1: going to defer to Chris because he is a true Brees. No, 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 there's not too much to say.
0: It's just...
2: Bum Stagdy, wasn't it? Where he brutally went down. And like it was kind of like in parallel on the Sunday where I was feeling like absolute turd. And then like he got his horrific injury after like breaking off an eighty-yard run as well. So I, I mean, I've been all in since last year. I I drafted him in, in a lot of leagues, some other leagues I'm with you guys in as well. I did it last year, and I've gone back in again this year. Um I just think he's a special talent. I'm delighted to see it. I mean, what's the you know, what role is the Rogers injury gonna have in like how the Jets show up to games now? Like it's it's tough to to um it's tough to sort of factor that in, but I think like part of my enjoyment over the last 10 or whatever it is years of playing fancy football is finding a few guys that you really love to root for. And on a Sunday you're cheering and you really enjoy watching them play. And like, he's one of those guys. So I think the exciting thing for me and Bakes here with the, uh, the Borland's duo is we compare him with Bijan. So we've got two exciting sort of young players in the backfield explosive. They're both in a similar situation where they seem to be sharing a bit of the, the, um, the, you know, the running game, but both, explosive enough to to get points on the board so i think it's gonna be really really good um i'm massively excited
1: and yeah let's fucking go i'm buzzing <laughs> <actually. Let's> go. <laughs> yeah i mean i like yeah i 100 uh, echo that i think like last season you know we didn't we didn't start the season on, on a fantasy level it was, our team didn't start the season too badly at all but it derailed very quickly once Brees went down and and it it, it was that was that was just the catalyst for just the wheels falling off the rest of the season and from there we just plummeted downhill and yeah to see him come back you know he was he we didn't play him because the rumors were that he wasn't really going to have any involvement at all they were just going to put him in for a few snaps to see him like rip off like an 88 yard run and Obviously, if he was, if that was three or four games further into the season, and he was just a little bit fitter and back on, that was a touchdown. But he just basically ran out of steam. But just to see him just do that, I was like, yeah, he is back. And then, and with Bijan as well, that stutter step for Bijan, for for Bijan's like touchdown when he just basically just put the whole defense on their ass. I was just like, this guy is good. So if they both stay fit. Then it's just exciting to have both of them on our roster, just to watch, just have some like exciting running back play, and obviously Aaron Jones as well blew up this week. I mean, his, his hamstring exploded, but you know, regardless, of, <laughs> it was, it was um, good. To
2: it, see. It, we should probably um, use this moment when we talk about explosive running backs to um, probably say Josh Valaroso if you're listening, um, that's why we do not want to trade away a tight end for Jamal Williams. Like, come <laughs> on, man. What, to sit on a bench and then he doesn't figure in week four when Alvin comes back? Come on, man. You're better than that, Josh. You're better than that.
0: (laughs) We're going to talk about Bijan shortly, but, I mean, let's just talk about it now in conjunction with Brees, right? I I I quite like that those guys are time-sharing because it will ensure that they don't get beat to hell too early in their careers, you know, if they're if they're having like four hundred touches, like Demarco Murray, they're going to be you know dead in three years. Whereas if they're doing like two fifty and they're sharing with with Cook and with Algier, then they've they've got a much better chance of staying fresh. And these guys don't need twenty touches; they need two. You know, and they're just they're gone. Um, you know, Bijan was was absolutely brilliant to see. Like he got touchdown and six targets. And yeah, he's going to share touches with Algier, but he's got massive standalone value. He was great. And he's also got an amazing haircut that I was just like delighted with.
2: It is a good <laughs> hack. And he's so well spoken as well. I don't have you ever seen such a fine, you know, upstanding gentleman as well. I can imagine, you know, really like him to date my sister. Um, <laughs> like, really, <laughs> really good, good guy. Um, but yeah, I think like he's gonna it appears he's gonna be a beast. Um they're going to run, 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 run. You know, it doesn't matter game script, <laughs> They're going to run the football. I, I just imagine they just do minimal pa- passing drills in in like training week to week. I think it's just
1: like everything. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you? If, it was, if Desmond Ridder's the one that's throwing the ball, you'd just be like, I think we're going to. Should we just run another play? But we're like two hundred and fifty points behind. It doesn't matter. It doesn't just, matter. Just we're run, just going to run. Just run gonna
0: that was Arthur Smith's philosophy with with the Rumbler, wasn't it? Just just give it to Derek Henry and just make him run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, they're they're following the same the same path, really. I,
2: I I've got money on the the Falcons to win the division. Actually, so have um, I. real life English money. Um, so yeah. I think they'll stay in games. Um. Yeah, I know they're going up against Panthers and rookie quarterback, but I think they'll they'll do enough to stay in games. And yeah, it's really exciting with Bijan. Um, what what about um, it, to segue in? Um, if we if we maybe just flip the the, the running order and stay on the rookies um, because being in a partnership, you know, a managerial partnership, you have to come to you know, club, you have to collaborate and come to agreement on decisions. Is I was pressing Baker really hard to take Richardson. And he probably quite rightly right talked me, talked me around and and kind of gave me this, the probably sensible pick. And I'm really delighted we took Bijan, but I thought I saw Cam 2.0, and I was like, oh my baby, <laughs> <laughs> he's reincarnated, he's back. Um, and so I was like, Baker, come on, let's check. We haven't got a quarterback. We you know Brady's gone. We've only got Josh Allen. We need a quarterback. Da, da, da. And you know he, quite rightly, I think, and I'm really glad he did. He talked me around to to, to Bijan, but um, but. Richardson started well, right? Um, yeah. All the talk in the build-up and to the, 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 I guess the, uh, the combine, etc., and all that was, and the, the draft, I guess, was about his accuracy. Um, I guess we have to kind of wait and see, but he looks to have, he looks to have it all, right? And it's it's quite a cool start for him, and I think he's another player that that I'm looking forward to seeing him in the league. And for fantasy, he's gold dust, right? Because he's he's obviously got
0: got the legs as well. But what's your thoughts, Spike, on on how he started and how he looked? Yeah, I mean, I said last week that I'm excited about him. Um, I I thought he started well um, from a fantasy perspective primarily, from an NFL perspective maybe a little bit iffy. Um, Of of the passes he threw, uh, he only threw five passes to his left, and two of those were pretty much down the middle. So he actually only threw three passes off to his left side and the other 27 or so were to his right. So they've clearly got him on a really tight leash, one read, rip it or throw it away or run. And I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with that, given his limited experience. That's effectively what the Niners did with Kaepernick for about two seasons. He was a one-read QB, um, and clearly they got concerns about Anthony Richardson's accuracy. But he just looked, you know, like a physical specimen. I, I worry a little bit about his durability. He's not quite as big as Cam, is he? Like Cam was an absolute unit, and he probably wouldn't have got injured in the way that that uh, Richardson did at the end. But I mean, it's just exciting. Like that's the sort of stuff you want to see when when you're a football fan. And he, he's I
2: mean, honing. He we in. In. He took some... go, on. Yeah, go on, Bakes. I was going to say he's just honing in on um on you know Pittman as well. And like I've got evidence in the messages between me and Bakes where I'm just like slagging Pittman off and, and like how do we trade this fucking piece of shit. Uh, <laughs> and then like five minutes later going oh yeah yeah I told you we should have started brilliant um, and and that's fantasy football but um, but yeah I mean hopefully he utilises him and like we talked about hones in on him as his number one target and hopefully he lines up on the right from what you were saying
0: that's, yeah that's <laughs> the thing
1: Pittman lines up on the right at I mean, the time we'll, yeah I was always I always my always thought with, with Richardson is you know we have to take B John, but if Richardson is legit and he ha- he has to throw it at some point and he's got an arm like a like a cannon, he's going to be to Michael Pittman. Michael Pittman is by far their most talented receiver. So if you know just by association of if Richmond hit Richardson hits, we we will benefit anyway from from, from that. Anyway, obviously it would have been lovely to have the stack, but. You know, to to get Bijan, I think hopefully you know touch wood, but he yeah you know Richardson just looked he looked dynamic, he he's a head down, just his his personal well being doesn't really factor into his head when he's like running he's he will he just yeah I mean he was taking risks just smashing people out of the way, putting his head down and just running and I was like yeah I'm, I'm here for it I I like love it I think that's it's, it's just.
2: Good to see. It's fun, isn't it? It's fun to watch. It really is. Um, I think, like the other the other rookie, we're going to talk about Spike. I, I, I haven't been on my phone much today, but I see you dropped fifty two fab in another league on Puka Nakua. You you went all in. Um, probably because of the state of your wide receivers in your team. But but anyway, you, you're truly a believer. What did you see that made you want to go 52% of your
0: bud- annual budget? He plays like a Cooper Cup. He runs routes, he runs uh, accurate routes, um, just like Cup did. He absolutely torched Tariq Woolen, um, who's the Seahawks DB, and he's a really, really good DB. And he had him in absolute bits the whole day um he got 15 targets so you know if you kind of put all that together and Matt Stafford looked good he looked strong he didn't look like he's suffering from his back issues Sean McVeigh's a great coordinator of course like he could be massively affected when Cup comes back because they're very very similar players but I've effectively picked him up as Cup insurance because I drafted Cooper Cup at 103 and he's fucking injured so um <laughs> I thought I kind of got no no choice here I've got to go pretty hard on the fab budget for him and and just hope that nobody loves him more than I do and um uh, I got I, I guess uh,
2: I ought to mind down but I was nowhere if you'd have won it. you'd have taken it at 52 anyway but I think it's exciting isn't it? and uh, like I think he had like 15 targets on something like that and I was reading up about him on sunday because i was like who the hell is this guy like who, yep. who is he like what's going on um but he's got the highest career target per run rate um going into this year's draft of all the rookies and the second highest in the last five years behind only Jalen model and then like you read up all the 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 camp hype coming out of out of the rams and there was this like steady flow of like um you know, steady drumbeat coming out of the Rams that, that he could be legit, and then like he goes, he goes out and does that, and Stafford looked good. Um And I think he's got a hard matchup next week, so like it pretty diff- might be pretty difficult for you to start him a like, week two. But I think you know, is if he goes and does something against uh, the Niners next week as well, I think you know you could be uh, a hell of a pickup and and one for the rest of
0: the season, even when Cup comes back, right? I, I mean, was what, uh... Go on, Spike. No choice but to start him because all my other wide receivers are either terrible or injured. So
1: <laughs> it makes my job very uh, easy. It was, I mean, I obviously, you know, just going talking about a different league, but in our Dynasty League where I have literally no money for, for picking up players, I, I managed to pick him up for two dollars. So he, uh, yeah, pre in the in the free agent draft. I I I was scrabbling around looking for anybody that I didn't think other people would, would look for look to and managed to luck out on that. And I'm I'm pretty I'm happy with that because I was keeping my eye on him because he's gonna have to start me because I just have just total garbage yeah. in that that uh that roster. And I was so so delighted. I mean, to be fair, we picked up Van Jefferson because of one of them, <laughs> one of them had to go off. So there were th- of the three receivers without Cooper Cup. Come on, one Baker. Th- be be honest with the listeners and the rest of the league here. We
2: didn't even mention Puka. We were like, no, we no, go. no. That's what I'm saying. Shall we pay so for we, Van Jefferson? We, thought,
1: He's be- we just assumed that he would be the next one up. You really you, everywhere you read. Effectively, it was like this is yeah. Van Jefferson has will start. The first week, potentially, if if Cooper Cup's on IR, then that's four weeks. He could establish himself as the number two, and he, you know, Tutor Atwell was the number two. Puka was number one. Van Jefferson was literally an irrelevance. <laughs> so to the point where we've already dropped him. He, he could just yeah. sit. And burn
2: yeah, but I think like in this league, Jake did similar to you. Right? I think Jake got him before the kickoff. Um, he, little sneaky sort of um way uh, fr- yeah, pick, yeah, waiver pickup. So, well done, Jake! Congratulations. Um, I hope Cup comes back quickly and he becomes
0: a rhythm. Yeah, he's been listening to podcasts on his morning delivery
1: rounds. I reckon. I mean, there's there is no there's, there's nothing to say that Cooper Cup isn't more seriously injured. Like the guy has been. Cropped for a year nearly and you know who's to say that they're just being cute they're being cute with with how, how fit he actually is i mean my my yeah, favorite
0: my fear with cup was that the injury might be a bit worse than than we know but also that they were going to be tanking the season and, then, and they might just shut him down now it doesn't look like they're going to tank so i've got some hope the cup will come back and be productive at some point but at least if he's not i've got Nakua who can hopefully now step in and cement that role. I had a a bit of a question from a league member. I had a couple of questions from them actually, but one of them was about Van Jefferson and and the question essentially went like this. Uh, You didn't spend any money in defensive uh, draft, but then you spent $153 on Van Jefferson only to subsequently drop him. Please justify yourselves.
1: Okay. Well, I think the... The justification comes on on money spend is just the, uh, the nature of people's fab spending in this in this league. Uh, the amount of money that was spent on the IDP draft was obscene <laughs> for the number of players that people were were picking up. Ridiculous bids going in, especially for the first few rounds. And as as you discussed on the uh, the pod last week, is Source Gardner a, a really good pickup because nobody ever throws him the ball? So for as for as a fan as fantasy value, was he worth the ridiculous amount of money that was spent on him, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, <clears throat> so so Chris and I had a conversation when it came to the free agency, and we just thought there are a number of players who are who do appear to be backups, plausible backups, plausible starters for the first, for week one. Van Jefferson was one of them. And we just assumed, wrongly it turns out, that people would be throwing money at some of the players that would be could be plausible fantasy assets. And so we threw a fair amount of cash at them. Uh, we did start quite low, but then we, <laughs> we talked ourselves out of it. And ended up, you know, blowing a fair a fair amount of cash on a um, on a one-legged dead horse. But <laughs> you know, that's. But then, who are we to judge when Franco's just gone and spent one hundred and ninety nine dollars on a guy that isn't going to play on Thursday and is, you know, he's officially injured. He's officially out. So he's just spent two hundred bucks on a player he can't play. Uh, so you know, people people love spending money in this league frivolously, and I, for one, do not support it. (laughs) (laughs) Some wonderful wild
0: spending in waivers. I loved it.
2: (laughs) Yeah, and I think, like, what we were saying uh, off-air is, um, you know, maybe we had a small part to play in driving up the price of of Kenny gamewell because Franco was sat there last night doing his waivers and he's like those guys bid 153 bucks on Van Jefferson they are they are gonna go bid and and in fact he overpaid by about 150 but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but but you know he's got the RB1 in Philly when he's fit um so you know fair play Franco. or, has he, he,
1: or do we have has the played. RB1 in Philly when when penny goes off this week?
2: <laughs> uh, me, me and Baker have got a bit of a penny sort of side bet, kind of like you know, if you talk, if you look it back through our uh, our messages, he's one of the most talked about players who plays the least uh, in our in our like little league discussion. We, we both think uh, he's shit,
1: and we both think we should drop him, but I refuse to drop him because Baker, I we're not just joking. want him to score us some points. It's like
2: a, <laughs> for me, Rashad Penny is like a genital war; you just can't get rid of him. Um, but speaking of like spenders and not spenders, it, it's no surprise really to see that Ed Lamb has $839 remaining, um, which, you know, kind of draws a, a real close parallel to to real life where he just won't put his hand in his pocket.
0: Well, we'll get to Ed Lamb and some of his interesting decision making when we uh, when we talk about the matchups later. Um, so we we sort of rattled through here the the things we love to see and then rolled into the the rookie breakdown. Um, I guess the the other category of, of things we had that that I guess we liked players who surprised us. I mean, the first one I had on my list was was Jordan Love, uh, who a lot of people didn't expect to be very good, and and actually turned out to be pretty efficient, pretty decent. Got a great win against the Bears. Um, and looking at him from a fantasy perspective, he was the number three QB on the week, and in um, three of his next four games, he's got the Falcons, the Lions, and uh, Vegas. So uh, he could be pretty productive from a fantasy perspective. What do you guys think?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I thought obviously the Bears went into this game favorites to, to beat the Packers for the first time in, like, 15 years or something like that. And, uh, yeah, I thought, and, and and the way that most people would, were coming to the game, they everybody thought that Fields was just going to run all over them. They brought, added some weapons in that, that Jordan Love was just going to be found out, and the Packers were going to be found wanting without Rogers. And he, he, looked, he looked really solid. Like, he, he just, he, what he was asked to do, he did really well. And, uh, yeah. It's you know, it's difficult. It's a it's not exactly a huge uh a, a huge example. You haven't got a, a, a lot to go on, but he did he did his job and he that he, he dispatched Chicago and made them look pretty ordinary. Yeah, did did a good, good did a good job.
0: Um another player well actually we've already talked about this guy quite a bit, so we can just kind of jump into it now. A player that surprised a lot of people, Kenny Gainwell. Um, so I, I said in last week's pod, I thought he could be the leader in the Eagles. There was just a few training camp rumors, um, that he, that he could be and like Penny is permanently injured and Swift. They got for nothing. I mean, they gave up a fourth round pick for him, but if he leaves at the end of this season, they get a fourth round compensatory pick. So they literally got him for nothing. So they're not, they're not wedded to Swift at all. So I think Kenny Gamewell fitness, um, being the massive issue here, obviously, after one week he's injured, he could be the number one uh, running back for the Eagles, uh, as much as that's worth when really the number one running back is, is Jalen Hurts. But he played something like 85% of the running snaps. So, um, you know, could, could be a very good pickup for Franco, even if he did cost uh, the earth, frankly.
2: Well, I mean, like the commissioner in the off season upped our budget to a thousand, thousand fab. So, so blow your load, Franco. I'm all for it. Go for it, son. Um, I think that the, the hints were there in the Super Bowl, right? I think he's he, he's he was utilized there. I think was. maybe we maybe we need to give a bit more credit to the the report, the beat reporters. I mean, I I'm not saying like it like I I hone in on all of them and read everything there, but like the news out there was you know on the podcast I listened to that the beat reporters were talking him up, you know, we just talked about that with Puka, Um, you know, maybe there's something in this, right. There was a steady flow that he's going to, he's going to have the job, but I think the moves the Eagles made to go out and get a headline player like Swift. And then, you know, obviously Penny's there, fucking Penny. Um, And (laughs) uh, I think people just thought, you know, he's the unsexy, unsexy one of the group. Right. But but he's the one that, that's kind of getting it done. So I think, yeah, he's obviously, they're on a short week, right? I think they play Thursday. Yeah. It's, it's ribs, injury. I had ribs for lunch. That's why I'm doing this. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, don't expect to be shocked. Uh, don't expect to be shocked. Does that even work? Yeah. Um, Don't be shocked when Rashad Penny steps up in his place and um, gets some kind of score, and then that means we've got to keep him for another four weeks or something.
1: (laughs) I can't wait. I'm really looking forward to it. Thing about the like, Gamewell's always been there or thereabouts, and he's he is like an efficient runner, and he's he is he's a good player. Yeah. And but you've got to say that Swift has always really flattered to deceive. Everybody, you know, he's never been. That, the blockbuster running back, that his reputation seems to, you know, everybody just thinks he's a, he's a huge lead alpha running back signing, but he's he's never really been that. He's injury prone, um. It, so it, the, I think the backfield is, is still muddled. It's a mud, It's it's muddled, and obviously with um, you know, with such a mobile quarterback, it it makes that that muddles the the like dirties the water even more. But that that backfield is there to be won, And I think game World could very well be the person that does it. Yeah, yeah. definitely talking of um,
0: well, formerly muddled backfields that may have now sorted themselves out. Another player who surprised me. And again, perhaps probably shouldn't have done uh, it was Kyron Williams on the, on the Rams who this week firmly became the number one running back. And I think, there was some talk from McVeigh last off season that, that he really loved him. And then he literally got injured on the first play of the season and, and didn't play another down. Um, he, he got, he only got 15, uh, 15 rushes for 52 yards, which doesn't seem great, but he got the two touchdowns and and he firmly put Cam Akers into, into the kind of junk time role. So um, yeah, I don't know. What did you guys think of Kyron Williams? He looked decent, right?
2: Yeah, I think so. I got quite a close eye on him because I've got him in a couple of other leagues like Dynasty League, and I think last year in League of Legends, I picked him up and dropped him, speculative, speculatively, uh, a few times. So I'm, I'm pleased. I'm just, I'm not, I'm not convinced. And like, I think last year the Rams started out with was it, is it Malcolm Brown or some, some some guy, like Malcolm yeah. Brown, Daryl Henderson, and and like, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm not quite convinced that. That is his job to keep. Um, that being said, he's clearly the passing down guy at the moment. Um, it was a good start, and I think the encouraging signs are that the Rams looks a lot better than everyone thought as well as a, as an offense and moving the football and, and Stafford looked good as we've as we've touched on before. So I think you know they were they were all set up this year to be you know whipping boys. Um, so I think it's one to watch. I'm just. I'm not convinced yet, personally, and that's just because I've had an eye on him for the last two years. And yes, injuries was were involved, but I think that backfield is is always been a bit of a, a minefield. And it's like, how do you pick the right guy for the right week um, that, that's going to come in and do something?
1: I think that it's yeah. it's, Shaw, it's Sean McVay it's like, like Sean McVay a, he just it's diff- he's just a very difficult coach to kind of read, and you know the whole all of the stuff last season with Acres and. You know, it's effectively like demanding a trade. He was he was blacklisted, probably. You know, he wasn't. He was not going anywhere, and then came in and closed the season out like as one of the top like running backs in the league. He was he completely just came out of nowhere and and started to kind of demonstrate his his kind of, his his talent and his his potential that that people had been had seen before he was like massively injured and so you know everybody was just assuming that he was just going to continue where he left off and he really didn't you know he had a he, he had the predominant he had more more snaps he was on the pit on the field more but he did absolutely nothing with his opportunities and just yeah and he's he's he is zero he has nothing to offer in the in the passing game so yeah. yeah, It seems that Cam Acres either he's just fading away, and but then there's every chance that McVay will just start him, and and Acres will just go off next week, and and so it's yeah, it's difficult. It's difficult. But you know, Karen Williams played really well, took his opportunity, I guess, and I think that's the only thing that you can really do in a in a McBay backfield is when you get when you get the ball to just do something with it, and and he did. Yeah, Cam
0: Akers had one point three yards per carry in the game. Um, and then Kyle put him on the trade block and I made an offer of one fab, uh, which I felt was perfectly appropriate for his 1.3 yards for carry. Funnily enough, Kyle didn't take it particularly seriously, but that was a serious offer. That is what he's worth.
2: Well, I think you should well, have rounded it up to two fab, because 1.1 1.
1: 1. point... Oh, no. Uh, rounded That's to the like, nearest whole number. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's been a long night. <laughs> well, Val, Val, obviously, uh, Val obviously values him because he's he's picked him up in that... In that, and the trade earlier today, which, yeah, I mean, when do we get to chime in on that trade? (laughs) Because, what the hell is going on there? We'll
2: get to it. We'll get to
1: it. Interesting. I mean, things you love love to see is Val picking up another running back. Yeah, he needs more, more depth. He He needs more shit running backs to try and get our poor tight ends and to just offer them in straight up trades. He'll probably be offering Cam Akers Cam Akers and Jamal Williams Yeah That's what (laughs) we need, more mediocrity
2: Just remember you've got to um, Displace Rashad Pennyval With any of your offers
1: It's going to be difficult When he scores 40 points this week
0: all right, so we've talked about a bunch of stuff that we loved, things that excited us, players who surprised us, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. We're now going to have a little, uh, a little bit of a section on what we're, what we're worried about. And uh, I, I sent some messages earlier this week, and I, I think a few of them, uh, Baker, you, you sent some laughing emojis because I basically said all Giants and all Steelers. I am worried about all of their offensive players, and after this week's performance, I don't see how you could be anything other than worried already said about from a Steelers perspective if alan robinson's your lead wide receiver you are fucked and um you absolutely are and i don't know if you look at the giants who you're particularly interested in i mean saquon's an obvious one but um it was just an absolute disastrous performance from both teams and uh i, I wouldn't particularly want to have any of their players starting in my lineups this week
2: no, I'll take the Giants. I'll let Baker talk to 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 the Steelers, maybe, um, and I'll link to pick it. But I think the Giants, on a fantasy perspective, I mean, you didn't really want any of them anyway, did you? Apart from Saquon. Like, <laughs> let's be honest. Like, we laugh and joke about, you know, Vic and. Like, yeah, he's got some wheels, but I think he pretty much maxed out his potential when he got the bag in the offseason and like fair play to him. But I think he's pretty shit. Um, I'd rather have Kirk for the record. Um, in terms of a football perspective, I think they'll be fine. I think they'll get right. They got the cards next week. Like, fucking hell. I think they'll batter them. I think they'll be, I think everyone will get a bit too excited about the cards and that how they looked and a bit too down on the Giants. I think next week they'll be they'll be all right. Um but yeah, in a fantasy perspective, it's an absolute wasteland. Um, people who've got <laughs> Darren Waller um and went really, really hard at him in like the fourth or fifth round, etc., I'd I'd be a little bit nervous. I mean, I don't have any of him in, in any other leagues, but that, that's the one I'd be a little bit nervous about. I think Sequan would be all right. But yeah, Darren Waller must be a bit a bit yeah, a bit having- nervous. It's just gonna fade into the abyss of all the other mediocre titans.
0: Yeah, having owned Darren Waller in, during his career at least three separate times, I can tell you, I will never own that fucker again because he is unpredictable. Like, you know, he'll have that one season where he goes for like, what oh, is it, twelve hundred yards and eight touchdowns or whatever it was he went for. And then the next season he's dead or he gets nothing. And like there was so much preseason hype about him. I'm like, nah, I'm I'm out on Darren Waller. I'm not running that running that risk again. Yeah, he was massively hyped, wasn't he? massively hyped. Baker, what's your
1: take on the Steelers then? What have you got, what have you got to say about well, that? Well, I mean, just quickly on the on the Giants and Waller, they haven't got anybody else to throw the ball to. So, you know, in the way that, that Barkley will probably be okay because he's literally their only good player, if Jones throws it to anybody, it's it's more than likely going to be Waller because he is the only person I feel that's got two hands and that can catch uh, on their <laughs> roster. But um, you know what is it, was it? Wasn't he? Wasn't he the Giants' that their, their, their tight end just like ended up with one eye last year? So you know they they are just a car crash.
0: So, like Sterling Shepherd is is offended. He has two hands. He just has no legs. Mm,
1: you'd be more. You'd be better put like getting one of the fucking shepherds from the Nativity to bloody <laughs> run <laughs> run right. Um. For the run a hook those, right. <laughs> great, hook, <Brad. laughs> Good. Uh, uh, I mean, the, the lamb connection is also excellent. Um, the, the Steelers, yeah, the Steelers, obviously, you know, we've, we've thrown, we took a bit of a dart throw on Kenny Pickett, um, sitting on our taxi squad. We've kept him there. He didn't look that great last season. Thought that he might step up a little bit. I think what you can say about the Giants and the Steelers is they both played good teams. So the Cowboys in yeah. the 49ers, are, you know, they, they will play worse teams and will probably just lose by less points. But um, yeah, the, the Steelers just did not look, they just didn't look, didn't look good in any way, shape or form. And like just the fact that players like Najee just, he is an enigma, uh, it's a, it's a um, one where, you know, sometimes he gets back on the train and it's, you, you're like, yeah, actually, maybe he is good. But then he just falls off again and just just a non-entity in that game. I think that Jalen Warren will probably take his place at some point in the season, but then it will just be Jalen Warren that gets eight points um, rather than like like Najee. I think that, um, you know, Johnson getting injured and he's he's done what, his hamstring or his... or his Yeah, hamstring out for at least four weeks. So that's gonna be slow, slow to get up, slow to slow to recover from that. He's obviously their number one threat. I think it could be quite good for pickings. You know, he he, he at least flashes and he can he's capable of pulling out like some big plays, but it's it's really all down to pick it. And then you know our guy Alan Robinson. Maybe we'll be picking him up and spending another hundred and fifty dollars to to bring back that piece of shit back onto our roster. Bring it's, him home, Bates. Bring him home. I think I think we, I think we could. I think we should. I mean, he was lead. He led them this week. But yeah, I mean his his time is done. So like you were saying earlier, Spike, if, if Alan Robinson is your is your best receiving friend, then you may as well just support the Giants. I
0: hovered over him earlier on. I, my finger was right there, and I was like, "No, I can't do it to myself. Can't I? Can't bring Alan Robinson back?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. I mean, I, I mean I, you know, we said we were gonna we were gonna react appropriately, um, and and, uh, and and not pull our punches. I am worried about these guys. Um, how do you feel about the Seahawks? Like they, they had an awful second half of that game, didn't they? I'll
2: tell you how I feel. I feel sorry for them. <laughs> um, they lost two tackles in the second half. Like a two starting tackle was that's brutal by right? like any team's kind of like running in your first game to these two tackles. They brought in a 41-year-old today as to a practice squad. I had no idea the guy whose name was, but I was like, Jesus, that's that's a problem. Um I I don't know. Yeah, it was a surprise, right? It was it was a bit of a surprise. Um, but I think one thing Again, we, we said we were overreacting in this game, so I should be saying, yeah, they're fucked, they're shit. Uh, no chance. But I, I think I'll put an air of pragmatism back in the room and I'll say, you know, Pete Carroll coaches good football teams for a very long time and they've always been there. Or, you know, they've always been in the mix. Um, Gino? He's done. He's a one-season wonder. He's <laughs> a one-season wonder. Um, I I don't know. I just think it, there's too much talent um, out there in, you know, to catch passes and run the football that that they won't yeah, be yeah, okay. No. Um, I just think they, you know, a dud start, a false start, um, losing the two tackles is, is a big part of it. And, you know, I would expect them to not be as bad as they looked in week one uh, as the season goes on.
0: Yeah, I'm not panicking yet, but if they have a bad offensive showing against the Lions this week, then I will be in panic mode.
1: On a, so, a yeah. on a fantasy for a fantasy basis for our team, I I want them to be good because we want JSN to ascend to be yeah an elite wide receiver, um uh and yeah I mean Gino Gino demonstrated last last season for an entire season for an entire year that he that he was a good QB. It wasn't just a few flash games. He was he was solid for for the whole year. So you know that that can't that wasn't a fluke. So you know, I'm pretty, I, think they'll, I think they'll be okay, but the Rams were supposed to be the whipping boys, and they came out and absolutely like shacked them. So, yeah, they need to. They will need. They'll need to bounce back. They'll need to bounce back big, and the same for the Giants. They'll need to bounce back, and luckily, they've you know they've got an easy matchup. If the, if the Giants lose to the cards. Oh, that would be hilarious. The plucky Cardinals, the
2: plucky Arizona, <laughs> <laughs> the guy who doesn't even know his team, the quarterback he doesn't even know his teammates' names,
0: uh, Joshua Dobbs <laughs> and the boys—absolutely sensational stuff. Uh, all right, a few, a few more fringe cases. Then whether you're worried about these teams or these players or not, the Chiefs. No, <laughs> no. Let's leave it. Let's leave it there. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, from a fantasy perspective, any concerns about Mahomes, or do you think that you know Kelsey back in practice today? No worries. My, only, back concern. On my only concern from Patrick Mahomes, after watching
2: quarterbacks, is that his brain slightly malfunctions because he repeats every word twice. Uh, he's like, "Let's go, let's go." yes, he does. Yes, he does. Like he's coming at the throw, like voice. He's like, yeah. oh, "Come on, guys, we lost yes. that game, that game." Uh, so yeah, that's my only worry for Patrick Mahomes. That. Talking to him, it takes twice as long as, as anyone else. But,
1: but and it'll basis. be dangerous when his voice breaks as well. Um. It, yeah. Like they proved last year that they can do it with an assortment of garbage. Like running in the sort of wide receiver room, it was. You know, he was still he was putting it. He wasn't missing the throws. The wide receivers were missing the catches, and Every
2: catch. That's a really good point. Kadarius Tony stunk the place out, actually. Yeah. Didn't he isn't there one there's that um that meme or that um thing going around where they show that the ball just before it reaches his hands and then they show where the ball ended up and it hits yeah. him right in the numbers and then like the next frame is it so the, like, the they'll deviation. start catching
1: they'll they'll catch some balls at some point. Sky Moore will catch a pass at some point and they'll go for touchdowns because Patrick Mahomes is the person that's throwing them those balls. Whether whether they'll you know walk it, like, well they didn't really walk it last season, but they were you know whether they'll be the force that they were last year, I'd probably not. And um, Kelsey obviously needs to come back because he's a linchpin, but I'm, I'm not worried about them. They you know they're solid, and they like, they're just an extremely well coached machine. So yeah. yeah, unfortunately they're still they're still around. What about
0: Falcons offensive players who are not running backs?
2: Yeah, we touched on it earlier, didn't
0: we, a little bit. Um, yeah, I would be worried. Like. Because I am I am worried because Desmond Ridder threw for a grand total of 115 yards and he had 70 air yards. So the ball travelled in total, 70 yards in the air. That is fucking awful that's yeah well, you think like there's all these clips about Anthony Richardson can throw one pass 70 yards and like Desmond Rickery is like the dump off King it, it's just awful isn't it
1: well there was but the you, one the one stat that he completed more passes to himself than any of his wide <laughs> receivers or tight ends for like more than <laughs> half the game when he just like bonked it off of the like the O-line and then just caught his own pass that was his one reception yeah,
2: but yeah. I just want to I just want to reiterate, Val, if you're listening, um, that doesn't include Kyle Pitts. So, so please send some offers for Kyle Pitts, not not Jamal Williams, but please send some yeah. offers. But yeah, cool. in seriousness, concerned about Falcons pass catches, absolutely.
0: Yeah. yeah, and then the last one, player player base, although you know we couldn't kind of get out of this section without talking about fantasy impact on on Garrett Wilson, and I guess we should really just talk about how devastating for the Jets losing Aaron Rodgers after what was it four snaps is. Oh, um, the word. Yeah. I, I you know the Aaron Rodgers of it all I couldn't really give a shit about because he's a knob. But um I I just feel for Jets fans massively. Um I don't know if any of you guys listen to the Around the NFL podcast, but their host um is a massive Jets fan. And at the start of the pod after it, like, he talks for about four, for about 14 minutes. It's not just him talking, but just his way he talks about his experience as a Jets fan. Honestly, I would encourage anyone to listen to it because it is sports. He explains sports and the heartbreak of sports in a way that is, like, so relatable. And like it's just, like, massively feel for the guy because he's gone through this kind of, like, I'm so excited about the Jets for the first time in God knows how long. And then I'm absolutely devastated. And then like, well, we won the game and I'm celebrating with my family and I don't really know what to do. It, it must just be mental being a Jets fan and just having so much hope and then no hope. I don't
2: absolutely. Know. Yeah, no, no. I mean, like the butt fumble, um, you know, the the years of like, year after year of pain and then you know it all started didn't it I mean it's been building to a head um what they got like six prime time games you know when Rogers came out of the retreat in February or whatever it's been built the momentum but he came out of the retreat in February or March whenever it was and said yeah I want to play for you guys and yeah and then momentum's been building and you know you look across that roster and that defense is like legit um yeah it's just, it's heartbreaking. And for it to happen on Monday night in front of the nation against the Bills after four plays, I mean, it's just, it's just, it's quite, I don't want to say poetic's the wrong word, but it's like, it's prime time, isn't it? But it's in a brutal, in a brutal, brutal way. So,
0: Yeah, um, on nine eleven in New York, after he'd carried the Stars and Stripes out of the tunnel, I mean, fucking hell. Yeah, from (laughs)
1: Bristol. The worst, the worst nine eleven ever. Uh, (laughs) It's like nine eleven times a thousand. uh, uh, Yeah, it's 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 savage. It's savage. It's like that's just sport in in a nutshell, really. But it, it as we all know, like defenses win championships, and they were. Building themselves up for a Super Bowl run, I'm not sure they would have done it. I mean, yeah, Rogers was Rogers played last year, and he was like turd. So there was no guarantee that he was just going to be the MVP quarterback that he once was. So that may the, the experiment may never have worked, but we'll never know. Obviously, he was going to be better than Zach Wilson, and their their defense won that game. So it is, yeah. It, I think it has. I think it has a huge impact on Garrett Wilson's fantasy numbers this season. Obviously, he met you know he made he got over a thousand yards last year with a board of absolute mediocrity at quarterback. But Mike White and Joe Flacco were both better than Zach Wilson, and neither of them are there now. So, uh, yeah, it 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 obviously it harms Brees's. Bruce's numbers as well. I think it's going to impact every offensive player, but what it is going to do is going to make all of the Jets defensive players and the Jets D for DST fantasy pickups, just an elite unit even more because they're going to be on the field so much more. So many tackles. They will be tackling for days. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean I touched on it earlier. Personally, I couldn't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> Original rivals. I like I watched Hard Knocks and just thought it I I just thought it just it just underlined that Aaron Rodgers is a chump. And uh and, yeah, you know. could have happened
2: the I quite like that he went to, did he did he go to ayahuasca ayahuasca where it's How it was called? He went and sat in the dark for like I thought he'd, he he shut himself in a room and licked a toad or whatever it is and got so, high.
1: Yeah, it was a dark, it was a hundred percent dark retreat for four days. Like how the how the fuck do you go to the toilet? What's he doing? Like how does he know He's when his, when his ass is clean? If you're sitting yeah. in pitch black and you're having a shit, how do you know? No, I think well, yeah.
2: If a tree falls in a wood and nobody's there, does it make a sound?
1: Exactly. If Aaron Rodgers had a shit in a dark room, how does he know his ass is clean? Is his ass dirty? <laughs> <laughs> this is the content people want. Move yeah. us on,
0: smoke. <laughs> yeah, let's let's move on. Well, I mean, that's kind of like we've we've made it like a collection of headlines here, uh, the things that like captured our attention. I don't know if you have you guys got anything left in the tank that isn't you know on things that we're going to talk about in the in the league rundown.
2: Yeah, I like this stat, and I want to just read it out for Franco. Um, historical start, uh, first time in NFL history, the Browns Lions. Raiders and uh, Jaguars have all opened the season with a 1-0 record. So I just really, really like that the, the Raiders were grouped in with those other three bags. This is obviously, <laughs> considered like a, obviously considered like a rogues gallery of shit teams winning in week one. So it took 28 years since the Jags were formed in 95 for that to happen. So congrats those four, and particularly Franco, kisses.
1: Uh yeah, I mean, that's that just the... Uh, Thought so the thought about the the all of the major bag winners over the summer in the, in, in the QB rooms like the, all they all all the highest paid all the biggest names all flattered to deceive and, and didn't perform um obviously we think that, that that's not going to continue but it was just it was interesting that that maybe they would. Some of them were found out a little bit, or coaches have got wise to to their strengths a little bit more, um, and that they were nullified quite so much, uh, and it, that that just interested me. Like, you know, none none of the big names really came out firing, apart from two, are obviously the best quarterback in the league. But um, yeah, it was that that was that was interesting. That was just a, a sort of takeaway, which I think will obviously come this weekend will 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 flip and I'm sure we'll be waxing lyrical about a Josh Allen masterclass or yeah Joe Burrow probably gonna throw seven hundred yards and fifteen touchdowns. But um yeah, but it's just interesting to see that there it, was a bit of a damp squib in the quarterback in the quarterback rooms across the league.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean it's two and Brock Purdy's league now, right? Quite. <laughs> Just like it's Baker and Rawlings' league
2: now, right? <laughs> <laughs> Dynamic <laughs> duo is everywhere.
0: <laughs> wow. Um, let's, let's have a little talk about the league then. Um, so we, we've already mentioned the trade. So Valen and Kyle came together to concoct a trade where uh, Kyle trades uh, Marquise Brown, Cam Akers, and a third-round pick. To Valen in exchange for Michael Thomas and Jahan Dotson. Uh, thoughts on the trade, guys? I don't get what Valen's playing at. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, yeah, they always say never dr- judge a, a trade like like off the bat and like there can be winners and losers to trades, et cetera, et cetera. But I, I, I really like Jahan Dotson. Uh, I think he's the best player in that trade. Uh, especially in a dynasty league um so he's traded him away i assume to to get marquis hollywood brown back because he's the number one in the cards offense who are probably going to tank for the first pick and he's going to get the fucking shit ends off the uh, off the barbecue and 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 kind of like i i I mean i'm still struggling to, to come to terms with it but um I mean, he obviously doesn't need cam makers. We joke, we don't joke, we talk about his running back room. It's elite. He still managed to start a player who got minus 0.1 points, which really tickled me. <laughs> he's got that elite <laughs> running back room and he started a guy with uh, minus points. Uh, but he does, he obviously doesn't need cam makers. Um, so he's gone for Marquis Hollywood Brown, I assume, a third round pick. I mean, I set my third round picks on fire that they're, they're worthless uh, in my opinion. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I think Kyle's coming out of it good because Dotson's a decent wide receiver. All right. There's a quarterback issue potentially in, in Washington, but long-term, I think he's the best player in the trade and I kind of remember the other receiver he, he got. Oh yeah, it's Michael Thomas. He looks like he could be useful for a season, right? It could be useful this year in the short term. So well done, Kyle. Yeah, I, I, would, I would agree
1: with that. I think that Thomas looked good. Thomas I mean Thomas looked good for one game last season and then got injured but maybe he will recapture that that magic for a season. I think it's made Kyle's team stronger. He's picked up two startable wide receivers. Now maybe he's just got his eye on like a really deep rookie next year and so just wanted to snaffle in an extra third round pick just to make sure that he uh, he's going to pick him up because I don't believe that there's any value in the other two players that he's got. And if he even comes close to offering Cam Cameron Acres <laughs> to us for any of our players, but, well, you know, the conversation will be swiftly moved on and closed down. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, fair play.
2: It's good to see a trade, though, isn't it? Because eh? is sometimes yeah, it's good to see we see want trade. It sometimes what I want more in this league is more trades and like, yeah. it's great to see one. So actually by, by my commentary on it, I hope that doesn't discourage. And like I said, you know, maybe Kyler comes back in a couple of weeks and then Hollywood Brown grows off, goes off and we all look really stupid. And, you know, let's hope that happens. Um, so yeah, more trades. Let's get
1: them going. What I would, yeah. what I would say yeah. is going on, going on last, last week's pod, the way that Val was, was dragging our name through the mud, in and you as well, Spike. I'm looking at you. In that Rawlings is happy to trade away anything, and I'm like not taking any trade. Val was saying that I, that we are always asking the world whenever he puts any any uh, any trades together. Well, how come he's happy to send Kyle two really good players for absolute dross, yet he isn't happy to do it to us? So I mean, it's slightly hypocritical, I feel. Uh, we, we, if he wants to do a, a weighted, tra- like a balanced trade like the one he's just done with Kyle, we are all ears. We will trade you, Kyle. We'll, tra- we'll trade you Komet for fucking Ekla because I think that's pretty much what that is.
0: <laughs> all right, I love it. I love it. If I were him back, and, and I will drag every single team uh, through the mud at some point this season. So, you know, that that's not a personal thing. Um, I'm just going oh, to back. We, didn't, we didn't
1: take it personally, mate. It's tough, good, it's tough good, to good. take it personally when we're sitting so high up the league. <laughs> That's we, true. I
2: can't. We we did take it personally. It was the first thing I said on the train to Baker when we were heading to Cardiff. I was like, "What are those douches talking about?" It really got on, <laughs> it. Really got in my head. <laughs> I, I even remember the phrase he used. He said, "Hot trash." I was like, "Oh God, that guy." I'm going in next pod. Get me on.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Should we do some league breakdowns then?
2: Yeah, I've not looked at any of that other matches. I didn't know we got two points until um, thirty minutes ago, whenever it was. So this should be good. good.
0: Bacon, let's, start okay. let's start with you guys. Let's start with you guys because you dished out an absolute battering to Ed. You beat him one hundred ninety to one twenty six. Um, you know, we we could point to the fact that Ed started a tight end who wasn't playing. Um, and it's not like it was a last-minute decision; he wasn't going to be playing. And his other tight end got a donut. Um, we could focus on that, but to be honest, even if he would picked better players, you still would have batted him. So, yeah. Well, wow.
1: Van Jefferson got more than Ed's tight end room combined. So, what does that tell you? Worth one hundred and fifty-three dollars. Uh, that's what that, that tells. That me. three point four points. I mean, yeah. I think the, the thing about our team that and we, we've got we've had. Uh, a fair amount of ribbing about it is that, yes, we've got some old, old school players in there. And we've got some, some guys that have been around the block, but at the start of the season, when they're all fit and healthy and firing, they're going to be, they're going to score us points. So, you know, your man, Mike Evans, anytime, Mr. Reliable. We always knew he was going to score a touchdown. It was, it was written in the stars, Mike Evans, every time, Uh I think we've got some solid defensive players. Yeah, Wilkins didn't do too well for Miami. Didn't look too great, so we ditched him. He's gone already. Um, I, we've got solid... You know, it wasn't a good week for tight ends anywhere. Hayden Hurst was, what, the, the highest... Sco- one of the highest scoring tight ends in the week. So yeah. you, you, that, that was irrelevant, really. But we still, with Pitts and Ingram, still managed to p- kind of pick up some points. But, yeah, Pittman, Pitty City... Aaron Jones had a had a phenomenal week. We didn't even get we didn't even bother playing Brees Hall, and we we <laughs> like to just absolutely demolished Lamb. So yeah, that's that's it. It was a good start. Josh Allen played absolute garbage, but we didn't even need him. We'd already won the game. We'd won the match, and our quarterback hadn't even played. So we're,
2: in, yeah. we, we're, we're that confident in Kirk. We've actually moved him into the starting QB position out of flex. So yeah, because the he's the better the of our already. two quarterbacks. Exactly. We've made the change already.
0: Yeah, I like that. I like really putting confidence in the QB room. There, you know, moving him up to starter. It's
1: good. It sends a good message, I think. He's three the second second highest amount of uh, passing yards this week. So you know, he's earned his spot. Absolutely.
0: Um, and, you know, whilst Ed did have two donuts on his... Can, can you call Kelsey a donut? He didn't play? Yeah, I guess so. There were so many donuts this week across the various rosters that we can't even really abuse him about it because he didn't have the most. So, yeah. um, anyway, not a good start to Ed. A uh, really great start for no, you I, guys. I've
1: just, I've just noticed that he had Tyreek Hill. I didn't even realise that he had Tyreek yeah. Hill. Tyreek Hill had, had attributed a third of his points
0: <laughs> so <and> sensational stuff!
1: <laughs> uh, fantastic. That is fantastic. We we played. We somebody's racked up a forty burger against us, and it made literally no difference. Phenomenal, <laughs> phenomenal performance, Ed. Well done, and um, keep it up. Uh, good, he doesn't good. listen. He doesn't listen to the podcast. We, or pay okay. any attention to his teams. He doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't listen to anything to do with fantasy football. Clearly. But
0: uh, yeah. Um, so me versus Steve did not go the way that I had hoped it would do. Uh, I lost one fifty six to to one ninety seven. Um, I'm not worried to be honest because it's not that many weeks where Gino and Joe Burrow are going to combine for fourteen points. Um, and you know I could have put Brian Burns into my starting lineup. I probably should have done because Nick Bosa clearly wasn't going to play a full complement of snaps, but, you know, I love Nick Bosa and he just got a new contract. So I thought, ah, fuck it, I'll start him. And um, I mean, it backfired. Uh, but, you know, had had I got decent performances from the QBs like you'd normally expect, that would have been a lot closer. So I'm not overly worried, but I mean, a good score from Steve to start the season, um, pretty solid performances, um, all down his roster except at tight end, but that's pretty much a feature of this league. So yeah i I mean i don't have lots to say any observations
1: from you guys no no just that uh it this matchup went exactly the way that i wanted it to go after your comments (laughs) for last week's bike so well done steve excellent excellent job it's good it's good to be mixing mixing it with uh with solid fantasy players and just let the dross battle it out at the bottom of the league that's that's good well, talking
0: of drops at the bottom of the league, do you want to talk about Franco and Jake then? Oh, Franco, Franco defeating Jake one eighty to one twenty nine. Lawrence, um, I'll leave you with
1: this. I'll give you Jake. Oh, I mean, it was a sorry. classic. It
0: was a classic Franco performance, wasn't it? I mean, he got one hundred and eighty, which is off just two points off his average of one hundred and seventy eight from last season, which I think he scored in something like you know thirteen of. 15 games or something like that
2: yeah the idp whisperer does it again 44 points from one of his just one of his idp players this is why i hate fucking defense players individually <laughs> it's racked up an obscene 64 points from his defensive players like fuck off uh but fair play he, he he's the idp whisperer and he's, he's done it again um he's got Quite a lot of old stages as well. If you look down his roster, I mean, it's he's, he's not a bad team. That's not what I'm saying. But I think if you look down there, there's not a huge amount of dynasty value beyond his quarterbacks in, in his roster. So I think um, I'm wondering how he's seeing this year. Is he going to try and go all in with a $199 bid on Kenny Gainwell and and some aggressive trades? Um, or is he is he going to see how it goes for the first four to six games and then maybe think about a rebuild? I don't know. I mean, he dismissed Jake. Jake's team was was awful. Um, probably brought down by his co-manager. Um, probably had a big hand in in really dragging <laughs> him to even greater depths. Um,
1: I so, hope it. I hope it wasn't Jack uh, who decided not to play Brandon Ayuk. Yeah, I mean, just, yeah, that just, that move was baffling. He played DeAndre Swift in the flex
0: and left Ayuk on the bench. I I don't understand that. I mean, the
2: guy loves DeAndre Swift um, to, to a fault, um, but yeah, do better next week, guys. We haven't got him next week, have we? I hope we have
1: because they will be us. Who have we got next week, mates? We've got Franco. We've got Franco. So we we'll, yeah. I'm, I'm happy to happy to lose to Franco. I won't. Less though. But well, as long as you put up 179, you'll be fine. Well, we're you know we're on to score 224, so we're predicted to give him an absolute tail whipping, so we won't but yeah
0: well I noticed I noticed that Franco had a donut as well from his boy Michael Mayer um but one of the things we said last week about Franco's lineup is that he is very 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 thin at running back and J.K. Dobbins snapped his Achilles which probably prompted the $199 from Kenny Gainwell who's now injured this week
1: yeah. Well, he's obviously... He also picked up Kelly for 100. So, he, yeah, he's brought in two running backs. I think Kelly's a good pick-up. We, we dropped him because we're twats. Um But... <laughs> well, we dropped him because he did nothing last season and he was just... He's just not as good as Penny. Um But... <laughs> but yeah, you're right. His, his running back room is, is thin. Uh... You know, he's got Ceh Mitchell. These he's are all players that aren't going to make a difference. So surely yeah. he's got to start his boy Don Jackson
0: <laughs> with his negative point two points, which is a, a minus bagel. Um, it's incredible that he, he managed to uh, to get to
2: negative with the starting job. <laughs>
0: Yeah. 13 carries 14 yards 2 fumbles lost what a stat yeah. line Dis- disgusting
2: isn't it I mean <laughs> let- let's move on before I'm sick my wine glass so
0: yeah fair enough fair enough uh, so last matchup then Valen versus Kyle uh, Valen hitting 178 Kyle absolutely smashing it with 244 points uh, I, I I sort of talked his team down last week and clearly that has come back to bite me in the arse but yeah um, Yeah, I mean, Fallon started Antonio Gibson, uh, who got um, negative 0.1. And he had players on his bench that he could have much easily, you know, plugged in there that, you know, I would immediately think were better than Antonio Gibson. Um, So I don't really understand why he started him. With all the running backs that he's got, uh, that was mental. Um, And then T Higgins getting a donor and Aaron Rodgers somewhat unfortunately getting a donut that's a triple donut right I know it's like you know negative points for Antonio Gibson but I think we're counting kind of, that as a triple donut right
2: yeah that's a triple yeah. donut um but I won't I won't go in anymore on, on Bauer I, all I would say if I was him I'd be looking really quickly to his taxi squad and getting Zay Flowers called up he looked electric. Um, he looked great. Why? Why leave him? Why leave him off the squad just to to, to manipulate your roster count? Get him in there. Get him played. Also, he's fishing around for a tight end. Luke Musgrave. He, he was he was out there for Green Bay. He looked pretty good as well as a rookie as well. So you might want to just bring him up. I know it's a bit controversial of you know using your taxi squad to kind of manipulate your your roster size and everything. But they they both look quite good in week one. Um, I think Kyle. Fair play, great result. Again, I'll labour the point every time we came on. I can't even do the maths; it goes so high. But the the, the guy got about a hundred points off his IDP players. So, well played, Kyle.
0: Yeah, absolutely fantastic IDP performance from from Kyle. And generally, like really solid performances all round, except uh, Isaiah Likely. And he had good bench points as well. You know, like he's he's got Kyron Williams. Uh, it's he's a got sneaky one, Williams, yeah. It's a I mean, sneaky yeah. one. He
2: fools us all with this big, you know, lovable kind of like you know, character, um, but he doesn't fuck around with fantasy.
1: He's a bit of a dark horse. So, no, I mean, everybody knows. He's, everyone knows. Kyle knows what he's doing. It's sickening to the point, but he's you know he's the champ for a reason, and his team is absolutely stacked. And I'm pretty sure he's going to. He's the team to be. And um, when we play him in the Super Bowl, it's going to be a phenomenal, phenomenal final matchup. And I'm looking forward to Mike Evans scoring five touchdowns to uh, bring us the bring us the ring. All right, love it.
0: That's the breakdown. Then, um, any final thoughts on the league uh, as we head into next week?
2: No, but I am curious on how long this podcast will will be because um, we had a few. Technical issues. So I don't know whether we're going to beat um, last week's record, um, but it's really helping my my fitness drive. So thanks, thanks all involved <laughs> uh, for these marathons. I thought today sentences.
0: would be a lot shorter, but you guys had a, had a lot to say about the NFL this it's week, which I love. Two of us, isn't there? Two very
2: knowledgeable folk um, talking football. Um,
1: so yeah. yeah. I'd like to impart our knowledge on you. It's like St. and Greavesy have returned from the grave. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. Well, any final thoughts that nobody
0: will get. St. Andrews, you talk about the Football League <clears throat> as if anyone cares. Was that the lineup from Badil and Skinner? As if it's important. As if it's, as important. If it's important. That was it. Yeah. What no, a
1: show no, that was.
2: No final thoughts except to say it's good football's back and uh, can't wait for the next, what have we got, 17 weeks now?
1: Um, yeah. It's good to be back, baby. It yeah. is good to be back. Yeah, it's good. It was, it was, it was fun just to sort of sit and watch the, uh, just watch Red Zone and see get the, get some fantasy points on the board. And uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to all of our players getting injured and our team turning shit again. But until we do, I am going to be giving it both barrels. Uh, like I've, I'm, I'm fully confident that we are going to dominate this league. As I accidentally put in the other fantasy football chat for the wrong league I got excited <laughs> when Pittman scored that touchdown, but I stand by that statement and m- many of the same many of the same people. So uh, yeah, fuck you all. We're going to win, and uh, yeah, roll on, roll on Sunday, Mike Evans, anytime. Excellent. All right. Well, on on that bomb show
0: and and with the words ringing in the ear of a man who I mysteriously haven't mentioned uh, this week, which must be a record. Until next week, let's ride.